0: This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal.
1: Hey, More Than Workers, welcome to 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. We made it we made it we're here we've got the pandemic behind us we got the workforce shortage behind us we're not worried about the shortage and 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 the workforce people coming to jobs like all the stuff's behind us like we're just back to normal now right yep yep we're saying yep. things really clearly <laughs> <laughs>
2: Something's
1: definitely wrong. <laughs> uh,
3: Diane and Bethany are still looking at us with a disapproving expression. This, is, is, Yeah,
1: everything's normal. Everything is normal. Everything is fine. Everything's fine. Just keep saying that to yourself. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. Well, we are seeing something that's been called the great resignation. We've talked a little bit about it. There are a lot of people that are leaving jobs. One of the things that we've talked about in past episodes is that for every person that's leaving a job, there's a person joining a job someplace else, right? People who are leaving the company, yes, yeah, leaving companies. Yes, there's a shortage of workforce. And yes, we're feeling the people who are leaving, but those people who are leaving are going places. They're going to start with other companies. And there, so there are some companies out there that are absorbing talent, absorbing this great resignation. So today we thought we would give you a little bit of an insight. If you're an employer and you wonder, why do people, leave my company? Why do they go someplace else? We're going to help you a little bit today. If you're an employee who's saying, thinking, maybe I should leave my job and go find something else, we might help you today as well. And we're going to do that by introducing somebody new to our podcast here in 2022. We're going to introduce Mary Ling. Mary Ling is our newest engagement specialist at PeopleCentric. First of all, I think we should all give Mary a little round of applause they can't see <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody's on mute like clapping separately <laughs> Like
3: it's a podcast guys
1: it's been yeah. almost it's two podcast. years running this podcast <laughs> I should know how this works by now but it's okay it's all right so we were very very excited that mary is here mary's in her first week at work here and so we're gonna jump in a little bit so what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick on mary a little bit we're gonna get you to help you to get to know mary but we're gonna ask mary like what made you change jobs like she's somebody who has during the great resignation has left her job and taken on a different kind of a role what were you looking for what went into the decision making and then we're going to kind of expand that because all of us have done that all of us on this call have switched jobs and decided to go someplace different so what makes people switch what are they looking for and when they get there did they find what they were looking for so on our call here in our more than work podcast, we've got our own Diana Royalty, our own Matt Griswold, our own Bethany Taff, and now our own Mary Ling and myself Don Harkey, who I realize I never ever introduced myself and our hosts, Matt Griswold.
3: That's true, Don. I don't know that you ever really do introduce yourself. Now that you say that, I, I think that is probably a miss. It's good. That's Don Harkey, everybody.
1: I, I like to I like to think of myself as like Charlie from Charlie's Angels, is what I kind yeah. like of think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that
3: is great. I don't know. Why I never put that together. I don't know. There you go. Mary striking the <laughs> pose.
2: I was just going to say like no introduction needed. That's yes. I oh, like that's
3: that better. Nice. Oh, oh, OK. Well, let's let's get into it now. Like Don said, we are going to start with some fun with some fun topics here. Just some fun questions. Get to know uh, Mary. You know, we had the opportunity to be able to do a podcast a while ago now. Like, let's talk about Let's introduce these people that work for People Centric. Who are we outside of People Centric and, you know, that type of thing? So, Mary, I'm gonna open the floor first just to kind of ask an open-ended question. Tell us whatever it is that you would like us and the listeners to know about you. Introduce hey. yourself.
4: Gosh. Well, hello. Hi, everybody. <clears throat> I am, I come to you with an HR background and management and strategic background. So that's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know like outside of work too?
3: Whatever you're comfortable telling us.
4: Oh, wow. Okay. And
3: and while you're thinking about that, this is the second time I've had Mary introduce herself today, by the way, you know, I won't say what particular client or who that maybe was earlier, but when she says, I have a little HR background, she, she was global HR director for global, a, a company that was global, there was a bigger scale than just. I did a little HR work on the side, right? And that's one of the things that we're excited about for sure, from uh, knowledge and expertise. And I know some of the people listening to this are clients of ours, going, "Yes, we too are excited about that knowledge and expertise there, th- there as well." So I just wanted to paint the picture of what it actually was, Mary. You're, you're being, uh, you know, showing a lot of humility when you say that. But no, we're excited about that skill set that you're bringing too, Don. What were you going to say?
1: I was going to say global. I mean, that's where I keep all my stuff. That is yeah. big deal. That's yeah. a really big deal.
3: All of my things are global. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Mary, go ahead. What else would you like to tell us?
4: No, I think that's great. I've had a really um, awesome experience working in Singapore, India, China, uh, France, and Puerto Rico. So those yeah. are some of my areas that I got to work in, in my career and traveled the world too. So yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity for me and, and, uh, something I'm really surprised that I actually shifted from, and I took this jump. So outside of that, I've got uh, a few children, three children, and um, my husband, and then my husband's family has a dairy farm. So on the side, we play in tractors, and we show cows.
3: (laughs) I love it. So full-time global HR with a little uh, dairy farmer on the side uh, there too. Diana? Diana?
2: We'll say the other day, Mary was like, yeah, I'm going to take a few days off for a cow show. And I was like, <laughs> uh, Mary, you can have whatever days off you want, but what's a cow show? Don't- I don't know what that is. Yeah. I- Seems I'm pretty self-explanatory. Cow. That's what
1: I, mean. I was
0: going to say. Like, <laughs>
1: like It's a cow <laughs>
3: show.
2: <laughs> but but I did ask a follow-up question. She said it's like a dog show, right? It's like, a you know, like one of those kennel shows. And I was like, oh, okay, I get that. And then I was like, do they show those fluffy brown cows? Cause those are the cute ones. And she was like, no, they're very large dairy cows. And I was like, well, that's not as cool. That's like only showing one kind of dog. Like this is a German shepherd show. I don't know.
0: What is the benefit of doing a cow show?
4: Is there like a large prop, like a cash prize or what's the, what, why? (laughs) Yeah, So there's, there's a couple of things. One of the things is that my children get to do it. So they get to put in efforts and then see what the effort is that comes out of it. So when they win a class, yes, there is cash prizes to some of them. Sometimes there's just um, gifts, you know, but it's more about putting in that hard work and then winning in the end.
3: It is work. It's a lot of work also i we have other friends with other clients by the way that also do this diana that also do do this and it's a lot of work you know we're friends on social media and i see their their son out there in the pens with them and cleaning them and feeding them and you know i mean they're taking care of those animals there and then showing in the fruits of their labor right That what's a, a good responsibility and accountability lesson there too diana i know you want to add something i, do.
2: I think it's super cool i just you know grew up in a city so, like, yeah. I don't, I didn't see like a real cow until <laughs> I don't know. I was probably in college. I don't, I, I just, I don't. I mean, it was in Missouri City. Like, it, it was, but I mean, I guess I saw them on the side of the road and stuff, like with road trips, <laughs> but I never, I don't think I've been near a real cow ever. Like, I don't, yeah. I've never touched a cow. I
4: know that.
3: You are I'm losing touched, credibility.
4: You're, touch, you're touching a cow this year
3: perfect yeah we have a great client in texas that uh they sponsor a rodeo and i'm like we have to plan one of these trips around the rodeo they sponsor diana's like not a chance but i would totally be in for that
4: yeah
0: cows could we could you teach us how to milk the cows yeah
4: yeah we can do all that we can have a team building exercise i love it
3: I love it. All right. So let me ask some questions. We can open this up to everybody else too, but Mary, just, just simple little get to know you questions. What's your favorite food? We do like to, I don't know. You've known us for a while outside of this before you started to work here. We like to uh, center our travel around some of the food, best food places. Uh, What about you? What's your favorite food?
4: Yeah. So I'm an ice cream fan. You guys, (laughs) I love a good ice cream. Mm. Yes, I do. Um, and my favorite is with Heath and caramel in it and double, like I'm a double kind of girl. I got to have a lot
3: of toppings in it. That's awesome. That's good. We, uh, we were uh, told to go to a great ice cream place in Abilene and uh, Diana threw hers on the floor. So we won't talk about that. That's a story for another day, but maybe we can go, we can go
2: there. <laughs> stressful trip and i dropped my ice cream on the floor i yeah. also spilled coffee it was like one of those just no bad no good terrible awful bad days type thing
3: mary do you play any instruments or anything this i don't i genuinely don't know this you don't know no you don't, no, you don't. No. i know don how many don how many instruments do you play
1: i don't know a lot i mean i play guitar wow. and piano it's mm-hmm. probably two so yeah yeah there's
3: a lot I almost lost track I almost lost <laughs> track of all of them that you rattled off there there's two <laughs> Bethany do you play any
0: no I don't play any instruments I did play the clarinet in like junior high but I was really bad at it so, <laughs> but I always wish I played like the guitar or the piano so I have aspirations but they've never been They've never been pursued.
1: So second piano field trip. Second yeah. field trip for us. We're learning to milk a cow, and then I'm going to do piano lessons for everybody. I would love I would to learn agree. how to play the piano. Yeah,
4: piano and violin
3: for me. Guitar, Mary, for you.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Diana.
2: I mean, I played the flute
3: all through high school. <laughs> yeah, you did. I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> because it was be- a curved flute. Okay. Tell the yes. tell the people.
2: I am a very petite human being. <laughs> I'm eleven. My arms weren't long enough to reach the flute when I started in third grade, but by, by high school, I had a regular flute. Like I I didn't stay tiny, tiny.
3: Don and I, I just remember us being in tears when we, uh, when we uh, had that conversation about you. Uh, I didn't even know curved flute was a thing until that day. Are you sure you're not talking about a tuba?
2: I think, you know, I think the worst part is that Don is very musically inclined and he was like, no, that's not real. That's not a thing. And he texted his wife, who is also very musically inclined. And then she was like, no, I've never heard of such craziness. And I was like, guys, I literally played a curved flute and then they Googled it and they found it. And I was made fun of repeatedly for weeks after that.
3: That was a great band director that felt sorry for you in the back office like bending that bending that over his <laughs> knee trying to, like, uh, I wanna instill music but anyway so let's let's it's
0: I've never seen that never. Yeah
3: Exactly. Let's take this to the next step. Okay. So, cause we could fill an hour just by uh, being goofy together like that. We'll, we'll continue to learn more about Mary and, and as the podcast grows, we're going to be able to hear more and more from Mary. And, but now I kind of want to take a step out. So Mary, you just went through this process of, uh, you know, leaving a company that you didn't necessarily need to leave. You weren't necessarily looking for another place to go, but then took advantage of maybe this opportunity. I think this is relatable. By the way, Don talked about the pandemic, the sandemic. a lot of a lot of employers are looking for people. The employees kind of have uh, the leverage right now, you know, quote unquote, of, of where do you want to go? There's lots of different openings in different places. So maybe just kind of talk about what was that process like for you? What were you weighing in your minds? And you can be as transparent as as you feel comfortable being. We don't want to put Mary on the spot. Maybe that's a disclaimer. Uh, We're not after anything malicious here, but I think a lot of people are going through this, uh, you know, trying to decide what's important to them. Do I want to move? Do I not want to move? Maybe just kind of talk about the inner workings of the groundwork of that conversation internally for you.
4: Yeah. So one of the most important things for everybody is to survive, right? So we got to have an income. And uh, so I had to balance that with my family and make sure that we were able to have that that income that we needed and what that looked like. And then this opportunity just came about. And honestly, I've been able to define my passions over the years, and I'm very passionate about uh, making other people successful. And so when this was an opportunity that came about, I knew what this team was about, making other people and helping other people become successful and engaged in their organizations. And it was just, it was a perfect fit for me. So it really is an opportunity where the perfect fits are out there. And if it lines with what the people are passionate about, it's something that they really are going to make a change for. I think that's,
3: I think that's super smart and, you know, people listening might be at different levels of this conversation where they're going, I'm not looking for it, but I'm open to it. But what am I open to? Uh, Under what circumstances would I be open to that? And so it sounds like you kind of walked through a couple of those things. First of all, the very, very real thing. Like I have to make money. I have to survive. I have to make money. I have to, I can't just, I don't know, I'm going to drop everything and go be a singer and just try my hand at that. I have a a family to support, right? I've got a family to support. I can't just, you know, continue to pursue that. But in our minds, and this is something that, you know, for everybody, I can throw it to everybody. um, In our minds, we are weighing what is important and what is not. What is important to Mary might be not you know may, might be different than what's important to Bethany or or Diana or myself or Don. Like we might have different things, or they might all be important, but how we prioritize those things might also be a thing as well. And so maybe I don't know thoughts around from the team about the process for how you identify those priorities and and you know how those impact the pursuit of whatever it is uh,
1: the direction that you're pursuing. Yeah, Mary, I love how you said like it was a process for you, like it wasn't something that. I don't think your story is like one day you were at work and something happened and you were like, you know what I should do is I'd like to go help people from the outside. It was like a, it was a, it was a long time process to think about because when you think about like this idea and I like how you started with, you have to make a living doing this because kids eat and boy, do they eat and they want to eat every day and they're, <laughs> they're picky about that kind of stuff. So we have to make money. We have to do this logically. And then Matt, you the example of like, maybe I shouldn't just go sing, you know, but whatever it is that you're passionate about, if you can find ways to explore and give yourself time to explore that, there's probably a way that you can take that passion and apply it to a career somewhere. Uh, it doesn't have to mean that it's like super, super common or really obvious of what that looks like. I know when I was, I mean, I was an engineer for the first you know, 10 years of my career. I had a vision for a job where I could help people and implement systems that helped other people. Like I had a vision for that, but that job didn't exist. Like I didn't know where that was. I couldn't find any place that had that. So over time, like you just kind of start to say, well, if it doesn't exist, can I create it? Is there something that I can just build? So there's just lots of options. And I like that. I like the concept that it just takes, it takes time. I hope nobody hangs up this podcast and says like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to Branson. And I'm going to bring my guitar. You know, I, I I hope nobody just does that and then says, "Well, I followed my passion and I made five dollars last week." Curved you know, that, that, flute, not guitar. Curved oh, bring bring <laughs> your curve. You know what? That would be easier.
3: I know where I can find a guitar show in Branson. I do not know where I
1: can find a curved flute show in Branson. So maybe you're onto something. It would be unique. No. It would be it would different. Be unique. Have you seen that girl down at the landing <laughs> who plays what looks like a hanger? but it's curved and it's weird. Like a, like it just, yeah. <laughs> that know. would be amazing. So many tips.
3: <laughs> I, 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 let me, let me add to this too, because you know, Don, you're not the only one or Mary's not the only one that's gone through this process here. I think we've all kind of gone through this. The one I was going to throw it to is Bethany. Cause Bethany, you were hired, you know, it's been now, how many years now, two going on three or is it? So
0: I started in 2019.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But I remember distinctly Bethany kind of being in the same position and it wasn't just us. You had a couple of different irons in the fire. You had an opportunity to go somewhere else and, and uh, you were trying to decide, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? I don't know. It's been a couple of years now, but do you do you remember maybe your process of how you were prioritizing those things or maybe how you weighed out those options and maybe ultimately what led you in one direction or another?
0: Yeah, I think for me, I think for me, I could definitely, I was, it kind of came down to like career growth and development for me. And I think the opportunity, there was another opportunity that I had that was offered to me and it was a good company. They were, you know, it was a great team. They were doing some really cool work in art community and with some with some big businesses and things like that. But for me, it was sort of like I've kind of gone down a similar road in my career. And I felt like there was going to be a little bit of a ceiling there. So I didn't feel like there was very I couldn't go very far. And it wasn't really the path that I wanted to, to go down. I think that I whenever I was considering and ultimately decided on people centric, I was thinking, you know, I align with their values and a lot more closely. And I think there's a lot for me to learn. Like, I think this is going to be challenging and I'm up for it. And so that was sort of the direction that it ultimately came down to for me.
3: It's interesting the things that, you know, the, the how, what defines our passion at that time, because used to, it might've been like, what's going to pay me the most. That's where I'm going to go, you know, and then we kind of evolve and I don't know if it's age or, and I'm open to your thoughts here uh, for discussion, but I don't know if it's age or experiences or, you know, all of a sudden we have this other definition of what success looks like. And the definition of success, I know for me personally, one of the, one of the major points of of driving me towards people centric was the ability to be able to, first of all, just help people accomplish the things that they wanted to accomplish. You know, I love it that it doesn't matter what people do. We have many different clients in many different States that do many different things. And it doesn't matter what it is that you do. My job is to be able to help you do that at the highest level that you can do that. And for me, that was bigger than any, you know, location or pay or anything at that time. Like that was my number one driving thing. Like, gosh, I just want to help people do what it is that they want to do. Um, And this Don, like you said, it didn't exist before. I don't know existed at that time. And sometimes we're the worst about marketing ourselves uh, sometimes in the things that we do, especially in our own area. But but to me, that was the number one thing that was pursuing me to go
1: after, and then everything else just kind of falls into place. And what I think you're describing is this people-centric movement that is happening. And I think it is happening in a big way. Not that we started it. You know, when I say that, it's, you know, we're people-centric consulting. It's not like we owned the movement. We have trademarked it. But <laughs> I, I do think that people are discovering more and more that they can get something more from their job that they don't have to just show up and be a job just to get the paycheck. Um, I think people are showing up and realizing, Hey, if I can contribute to something and this company has a, a vision that I can get aligned with and I can contribute my strengths to it, that, that could, I could enjoy my work and get paid for it. And then also, by the way, it makes the company more successful too. When everybody's plugged in with that, I, I think that's really powerful. I think that's what's starting to happen with this great resignation. And I imagine a lot of, business the business owners listening and managers listening to this are saying I agree with what you're saying I understand it but you're not telling me like as the business what can I do differently like how do I plug in so if I'm if I'm a great employer and Mary's working for us I didn't do anything wrong and Mary left I mean that's true or Matt left or Don left or Bethany left or Diana left anybody who leaves a job like I didn't do anything wrong so are you saying there's nothing that I can do but I do think that there's opportunities for companies to really connect with that purpose with their employees and help them with that too. Like are there opportunities within the company that you're already at to be able to help them to, to follow their dreams or what they're trying to do with their purpose. So there, I think there are some things that you can do as an employer for that, but if somebody has a dream ultimately of, I want to become a singer and they want to go pursue that and you don't do singing, then, you know, be grateful for them that they were part of the journey at that point and congratulate them and thank them on their way out. Yep. Mary, what were you going to add?
4: Oh, I was just going to say, I think a lot of importance too, when we talk about this great resignation, you know, COVID really fell into this, right? So we've, we're going on year three of COVID and that has a lot to do with people who have children and families to take care of, you know, people take care of their parents too now. So there's a lot of change happening. We see the schools making adjustments. And so As parents, we've got to figure out how to educate our children and make sure that they're taken care of. And sometimes that takes flexibility and the opportunity to be able to do that. And and if you can't find that in in a job somewhere, you know, some people have to quit their jobs in order to just stay home and take care of the needs that have to be done there. And I think we're seeing a lot of that, too. And COVID's really brought that to light, the importance of family and the importance of making them first.
3: I love that not only the importance, but but the um, ability to make that work too. I think employees had to get really flexible, but employers had to maybe even get more flexible to adjust to the world uh, the way that it, the way that it was there. Don to your point with the great resignation, I think we we talk to a lot of business leaders, and we go and we speak at a lot of conferences, and the default mechanism for business owners is to say people just don't want to work, and that's not a hundred percent that's not 100% true. I think people do want to work, but we have to give them something excited to be able to work towards or for, which is also where that strategy and the vision come into play. Like if I'm looking for a tangible step as a business owner, like what am I supposed to do? Don, you said it, I'm just reiterating it, but being able to, okay, so what is your strategy? What is your vision? Where are you going? What's something that gets people excited and that you can rally around? I mean, that's your branding. That's your marketing for those people uh, to want to also come help you do that thing. Not just do that job, but to do that thing, whatever that thing
1: might be, that vision. Yeah. And the old way of doing that for companies was, well, we're, we're your family now, like between, between 8am and 6pm, you're, this is, this is who you, who you stay with. And this other stuff, you put it away and you never interact with that. And I think that people are rebelling against that. They're pushing back against that. And I don't think that's good for the company either. I don't think that's good. I mean, I've watched a lot of companies, you know, this week, you know, we're hitting at least here in Springfield, especially like the cases are really spiking. We're hitting we're more than double the, the caseload that we've ever seen with COVID right now. And not only are we seeing that, but we're seeing it anecdotally just with clients. You know, we just talked to another client today that they got businesses all over and they said they're they're get, seeing six to eight percent of their employees each week are getting COVID six to eight percent every week. Um, which is just unbelievable. And then the schools are like suddenly closed again. So now suddenly kids are going to be home and now parents are scrambling and all of that kind of stuff. Look, that's all stuff that we all go through, and most of us can understand some aspect of that. So, why, as an employer, do we want to make it even harder? Why do we want to make it even harder to say, like, okay, well, that's all, well, you better figure it out. You got to figure it out because I need you here. Why can't we be like, let's figure this out together? I think a lot of companies had to do that in the last, you know, two and a half years, three years under COVID. And I think some employers have figured out that, well, that actually wasn't just because COVID existed, but it was actually kind of good for employees anyway. And I think some of the employees discovered that was awesome. Like that's great. Why does if Mary wants to go show cows um, then and take some time off? And that's her that's her passion. Then why do we as a company say, well, you came here, you're sacrificing that, you know, why do we do that? And if Mary's taking care of the clients and working with our team and making sure that all the stuff's done, why do I care about when that is to take off? You know, why do I have to track that? And why do I have to shove that in somebody's face and say, well, you get, you know, two weeks off for the first year and all that kind of stuff. I I think that we just as employers have to really start thinking differently about how we, how we employ people. What does that really mean? It truly is a relationship. And we don't go into a relationship with a list of things we need from the other person. Maybe Diana did. Diana's kind of going, I did. Sounds
3: very Diana. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and, and it's not its not the employer making a concession either. I think that mindset is probably the wrong mindset to have. It's not that the employer is making a concession to allow you to do that. Look, I did it. I accomplished that task. No, 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 not only, not only do we allow it to happen, but I would also encourage us to encourage them as well like that sounds you know i'll give you another great example i won a little dancing competition a couple of years ago i don't like to talk about it dancing with really? but why did you yeah, tell us this? Uh, i know I, I but now i get to come back and i MC it and not only do i MC it it's not a work-related thing, you know, that that I get to do, but it's fun. And the team, you know, the ones that are here, at least Bethany and Don, we were talking about it the other day and they're like, man, that would be fun. I'd like to go to that. Oh, let let us sponsor that event too. Like if you're passionate about it, we're passionate about it. That's pretty cool. Uh, It's pretty cool to be able to work for a company that, you know, all of us, and we probably have our own little "quote unquote pet projects or what are the things that we're passionate about like gosh I would really love to go help this organization or that person or go support this thing and I think one of the things that we do really really well is allowing us and supporting us in pursuit of that other thing you know we talk about humble leadership we have a we have a training about humble leadership and one of the characteristics of that that humble leader is they are they are pursuing something that is bigger than them." And I think if we recognize you're here for the job, love it, you're doing the job, you're part of the team, but we also recognize you have pursuits and interests and things like that outside of this. What can I do? Is there something that I can do, a role that I can play as your peer, as your boss, as your company to help support you in that pursuit too? And if it makes sense, then then we've been awesome. That's one of the things I've really appreciated. We've been awesome about being able to support that too. Diana?
2: I recently read an article about the pendulum swing that kind of happens, right? And when employers think that employees have to appreciate that they work there, there's one side of the swing. And the other side of the swing is when employees, employers appreciate the workers, right? That's the other side of the swing. But I think the really really good workplaces are the ones where there's co-appreciation, where yeah. I appreciate my boss and my boss appreciates me and we appreciate each other and we get things done together. And I think that that those swings happen because it's one way or the other and until we can find that really good balance, I I don't know that I don't know that there's a good solution, but I think if you can continue to think about am i appreciating my employer and do they appreciate me that's where you're going to find the most satisfaction
3: and i think by doing some of those things we're talking about like supporting them as they're pursuing that you are you are not just supporting them as they pursue that you're also creating this level of loyalty trust and engagement from that employee too that probably wants to work even harder for you you know and 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 all the other times as well you know what i mean like you are You are creating a more loyal, engaged employee by supporting their efforts and recognizing beyond just those, just the job duties and the tasks that they're getting done to you. They also have families, they have kids, they have other pursuits, they have other passions. Man, what can we do that, you know, that, that allows us to be able to support them, but it's not just because we're supporting them. the, The fruit of that is it's probably creating this cohesiveness as well. You're a stronger team. I think when you can do stuff like that too.
1: Yeah, it's it's I like what you both said there, because it's not the stuff that you do. It's the mindset, really, like, how do you balance it? It's the mindset. It's the it's not the the, I, the old idea of I have a job and you don't, I'm paying you for something, I need your time, and I better get what I deserve out of your time, makes employees flip the other side of that and saying, well, while I'm here, though, that's my job or not my job, you know, the, the old that's not my job attitude. And then employers get mad. Why do the employee have the That's not my job attitude and it's like, well, I pay them for the job. And I'm like, cause you have that attitude. You see what right. it's, it goes back and forth that way. If the attitude is more of like, how do we support each other? What can, like, we want the company to be successful. We want you to be successful. How do we make sure we maximize both of those things? Um, I think really good things happen. It becomes more of a true partnership between an employer and employee. I mean, I'm giving, you know, the employer pays and I've heard business owners say that before, like, well, I'm paying for it. And it's like, yeah, you are, but they're paying for it too. Your employees are paying for it too. They're spending a lot of time with you. They're giving you a lot of effort. That the the time they give you and the work that they give you and the pay that you give them are to cancel each other out, and that's gone now. What's left? What's left of that? It's that, that the contract has been met. Now, what's the relationship look like? Uh, I think that's a great point.
3: I think that's a great leadership topic itself too. Like you know, relationship building for leaders. You know, because that old school mentality is is kind of a dying breed. The you know our our company is is small. Granted, Don is the CEO, Diana as the COO, but I don't necessarily always look at them like that. Like we are one team that is covering lots of ground and and working cross functionally all the time. I recognize the hierarchy. I know the hierarchy of the company but it doesn't feel like that. Like it feels like we are, we are in sync in what we are pursuing and where we are going. Everybody has a hand in it. And that's kind of refreshing. I know maybe I just made a lot of people jealous by saying that, because I recognize that's not the way it is. At a lot of different places, I came from a company that wasn't, that was not the way it is. And, and to be able to be a part of something bigger like that, uh, the cohesiveness is awesome. Mary?
4: I think a lot of that has to do with trust, and being able to have those open, honest conversations with each other, you know, not tying the emotion to it and being able to just be real with each other. It, that just creates that level of respect that allows you to work with one another and, and makes a huge difference in that relationship with your employer.
3: Yeah, I love it. I love it. So hopefully, you know, taking this opportunity to be able to meet Mary, but also talk about this topic of uh, that might be weighing on your minds. If you're an employee right now headed to work, or maybe you're listening to this on your lunch break, or maybe you just got home from a tough day and you're you're considering some of these things. First of all, it might be a great Time to move and switch to a different opportunity that might be in front of you, but there's a process too. I would encourage you to take your time, think about that, uh, prioritize the things that you're passionate about. Maybe be selective about the pursuits that you choose to choose to go after. If you're an if you're an, an, an employee, I'm sorry, an employer, a owner, a boss. I want to think about, you know, Don, I think you had a great point, that vision, that strategy. Am I selling this job for somebody to come fill? Or am I selling the pursuit of what we are trying to do as a company or as an organization? Because it seems like that is the thing that gets people excited and motivated to want to choose you uh, to work at. You mentioned pandemic, Don. There's not a silver bullet for it, right? There's just there are more jobs than there are people to fill those jobs. We use the analogy a lot of the camp uh, the the bear in the campground. I don't have I'm not going to be able to outrun the bear, but I just have to outrun the other campers. And if I'm an employer, that's one of the things that I can potentially do is just be super clear on the vision and the, and the, uh, direction that
1: we're going and use that to sell it to other people. Let me, let me double down on that. If you own a company right now and you're listening to this and you're saying, I long for the old days. That's okay. Like, go ahead and tell that story and then mourn for the old story, but then you better turn the page and think about the new story. And the new story isn't a bad thing. It's not like you have to do it this new way and it's going to be, I have to be so touchy-feely and I have to love on my employees and I have to do all this stuff. It's not because you have to do it that way. I think that's the wrong mindset. The mindset is you get to. You yeah. get to do it that way. Imagine you having employees who are willing to give you whatever needs to be done for the team because the team needs it and because it's good for the company and good for each other without you having to push push it mm-hmm. and try for it. That That's what this idea is. This is why people are jumping jobs. Is they're looking for things like that. And if you're not willing to transition that, if you want to run an old school company, you're going to find yourself having trouble getting people and a tra- and keeping talent around. Yeah. I agree. Let's uh, maybe give one more tip here as we're landing the
3: plane here and exiting this episode here. One tip on maybe from the employee level or the employer level, what would you leave them with to consider uh, and maybe a simple step that they can take with this topic? Diana?
2: I love this topic. It's one of my favorites. I watch the workforce very carefully and read all the data and all the articles. It's like my favorite thing to do. So the thing that I think is the most important is going back to what Don said about the mindset, employers, your employees are not inherently bad or stupid or lazy employees. Your employers are not inherently evil or greedy or uh, out of touch, right? So the mindset is to recognize that you're all human, you're all flawed and each of you has things that you need from each other. So how can you come together and do that? Well, I think that's my like my main takeaway from everything that I have read and seen and studied and looked at.
3: Great.
1: Thanks, Diana. Don. I guess I would, I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to take Mary's. I, I, I liked Mary's point of like just taking time. That's the thing that resonates for me from this whole call. If you're an employee thinking about making a jump, I think it is. I think you, there's an evolution. There's a journey that you have to follow to maybe maybe do that, and it, it requires some conversation. It requires some self exploration. It requires some some research. It requires just learning what's really out there because there's probably opportunities that are out there for yourself that uh, that could match more with who you are, but there might also be opportunities, by the way, that match who you are, right where you are. It might be something that you can do differently. You know, it might be the city slicker solution, right? If you've seen that movie where he decides at the end of the movie that he's not going to switch jobs, he's just going to do his existing job better uh, and with more passion. It could be something like that, too. And maybe that journey and that time that you invest into yourself will yield that and you'll realize it's not your employer that's holding you back. Maybe it is you. Great. Thanks, Don. Mary?
4: Don stole mine.
1: (laughs) I knew I did it. I knew I did it. And I was like, I was stuck on it. I'm so sorry, Mary. I was
3: gonna, I was gonna go to Mary, but you didn't unclick your mute. So I thought you needed more time. And I knew I could throw that to Don and he would think of something.
4: No, I, I would just really, you know, I I would mimic that. I would just say, you need to make sure that you know what your priorities are in and take that time. But the alignment between the individual and the organization that they're going to work for is very important. So if somebody is making a change, make sure that there's an alignment there, whether it's the values, the vision, the mission, just the fit of what the passions are about. You know, there's a lot of things that you can use as words to put people in alignment there, but alignment was one of the most important things for me. And I told, you know, when I came on board here, I said, if it doesn't work for one person here, it doesn't work for all of us. And that's okay. And you got to be ready for that too.
3: Wow. Well, awesome. I, th- I think for me, I think that one of the takeaways that I would echo here is uh, from the employer's point of view, you know, understanding the vision, understanding the strategy, understanding the direction of the scope, and then challenging, maybe you're kind of at a higher level. If you're listening to this, I would challenge your department heads or your department leads who are looking for people to put maybe on paper what is the vision of your department, what is the strategy or the scope of your department, where are you going, uh, you know that that type of thing instead of just the job descriptions as listed below in the bullet points. Like get them excited about a scope or a vision or a strategy, and I think that's probably a good step forward to be able to hiring some people. So. This is, uh, has been a good conversation. Welcome to the team, Mary. And uh, we hope that you all took something away from this. Uh, if you have other topics that you would like to bring forward or bring to the table or questions about this one, maybe you, we in, you know, intrigued you enough to a point of, yeah, but what if this? Feel free to bring us that too. We're happy to have that conversation. Diana, how do they get a hold of us?
2: just have to send us an email at morethanwork@peopleccg.com.
3: As always, we appreciate you listening. Please share it with your friends. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.